Hello, thank you so much for clicking on this video today. I really appreciate it. This is the Cardano Aura podcast. I bring anybody that I feel adds value to the Cardano ecosystem on the podcast. And it's hard to get everybody on because there are so many people adding value every day at this point. But today we have Dan from Crypto Capital Venture. He does TA analysis and he's also kind of moved into Cardano content as well. You know, instead of TA also doing you know, Cardano videos, you know, what's going on here? You know, what is the narrative for Cardano? Um, and I honestly really enjoyed the podcast and I hope you do too. And I know a lot of you, your first questions may be, you know, big pays bringing on someone that talks about, you know, price and trading. And, you know, in Cardano, we have a sore spot for, you know, for trading and TA analysis. But, you know, in my opinion, I think that sore spot, you know, is derived from Cardano being undervalued for so long, right? But, you know, looking at it from a practical standpoint, price does matter. You know, I operate a business on Cardano. You may operate a business on Cardano. And Project Catalyst, you know, pays out funds relative to USD. So if the price of ADA is lower, then that's more ADA going out. So price does inherently matter. Does it matter, you know, in the long term? I would say no. You know, I'm, I'm very bullish on Cardano. No financial advice here, of course. But, you know, in the short term, Price does matter for businesses because I need to determine, you know, my expenses. I need to determine how many people I can hire. You know, there's a lot, you know, that counts on price. And I think it's very important, you know, for entrepreneurs and, and also investors of Cardano, unless you're, you know, DCAing and holding long term, it's important for you to know, you know, the probability of which way the price can go so you can make accurate decisions on how to preserve yourself and preserve your business in the short term. You know, so that's why I'm having Dan on today is to really start this learning journey for me, you know, to learn, you know, basic TA so I can make, you know, more reasonable decisions uh, about, you know, my business, about cost, uh, and also, you know, to get away from the fear, right? Because we all feel it now, you know, there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of, you know, FUD that we all fear. And when you know TA, it can help you with that at least a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to have Dan on uh, to learn about his Cardano story and also learn a little bit about TA. So if you do enjoy this content, I really appreciate it. If you click the like button, comment it down below, click the notification bell and click all. We also are doing a watch party tomorrow at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And what the watch party is, it's a Cardano 360 event, but I come on 30 minutes before, and uh, it's honestly, it's pretty exciting for me. So I come on 30 minutes before, I hype everybody up, and then the Cardano 360 event starts 30 minutes later. I full screen that event, and we all learn together, we talk and chat, I answer questions, and then following that, we do a recap at the end, and then I upload you know, a more detailed recap later in that day or the following day. So if you're interested in showing up to that, all you have to do is come at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow for the watch party. I also do a Monday AMA every 3 p.m. Uh, on Monday, of course, EST. And I have a lot of fun those on those two. All I do is answer your guys' Cardano questions or answer your guys' crypto questions. So let's jump into the podcast today. Also, can't forget, if you guys want to support this channel, the best way you can do so is by delegating to Bloom. We have Bloom through Bloom 6. Bloom actually minted the eighth block on the Cardano blockchain. So we've been here from the beginning and will be here till your end because Cardano will live past us all. And also, you get paid Kickash rewards and Bloom tokens on top of your staking rewards and not an exchange for. So if you guys are interested in that, you know how to delegate. If you don't, watch my how to delegate video, but let's jump into the video today. 
So to get this podcast started, you know, it was a very interesting time for Dan to come on here because I I don't pay attention to markets much, but something very interesting happened yesterday and I wasn't expecting it. You know, we saw the price of Bitcoin go from, you know, the 32,000 range to the 33,000 range and immediately jump in a span of, you know, 8 to 12 hours and go over, you know, 40k before, you know, consolidating back down to 37,000 and, you know, I can't read charts very well, so, you know, Tell me what's going on. Well, I mean, so obviously, thanks for having me on the channel. I, uh, you know, do a lot of technical analysis, been following Bitcoin for years, other altcoins, Cardano, as you know. And, you know, in the macro sense of things, I have just maintained this opinion that we're in the middle of the bull market still. I still think we are, even after this 50% dip. Um, what I think's going on is, you know, Markets have been consolidating for months now, which is totally normal. If you look historically at the charts, Bitcoin, any crypto, we get these huge dips, 40% plus, and then it's just kind of stagnant. It's trying to figure out what direction. Um, the sentiment on Twitter and YouTube, you know, is just full of emotion. And it's like, in my mind, I'm just kind of seeing all of that worked out, right? Everybody's venting, everybody's doing their thing. But on the charts, it's the same thing. It's being worked out. Um, and that's why I like technical analysis, because it gives structure to the emotion of it all. Because, you know, if I'm just not using TA at all, and I'm just solely focused on going on Twitter, seeing what everybody's saying about price, like, I'll go crazy. I personally, and this is probably why I got into technical analysis, I personally need, you know, that structure. If I'm going to be in this game, you know, as an investor, I need structure. So that's why I look at the charts. It it paints a nice picture of even the emotional aspect of it, the volatility aspect of it. So long story short, that's what's playing out. Consolidation, which is normal. And, you know, on the macro, I think we're still in the middle of this bull market. And we just have to wait for certain things to happen to kind of, get that confirmation because there's obviously a lot of risk. Um, we've had these little mini pumps in the last like couple of months. Uh, we get excited. You know, it was just in uh, July, the beginning of July, Cardano was making a little pump, saw resistance and then came back down to a dollar, you know, so we're in a similar position, you know, Cardano's moving up, Bitcoin's moving up, but we're not fully seeing the trend reversal confirmed yet. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from when you when you speak on emotion. You know, three years ago, I didn't really have enough invested in cryptocurrency to feel that emotion. You know, I just thought long term, five years, you know, I believe in Cardano. I believe in everything they're doing. In five years, you know, I think that they're going to do, be doing very well. But this has shifted. You know, the price has gone up so much. I, I have a lot invested. I'm also operating a business on top of Cardano. And it, it gets me thinking, you know, I have to determine my costs in this business, you know, relative to the price. So I do really see the value in TA, whereas before the people in the Cardano community didn't really like talking about price at all because we weren't really doing too well, even though a lot of great things were happening underneath with the technical aspects. So we always kept it out. But now with Project Catalyst, you know, relying on the price of ADA to pay out the amount of funds they have with so many people operating businesses on top of Cardano, um, you know, knowing or at least having a perspective on the probability of which direction the price can go, I think is very important. Definitely agree.
So, yeah, and I, I, and I will say I, I do get the, you know, because I do see a lot of people, you know, that do say price doesn't matter. And I 100% I 100 respect that. And um, I think even having that dialogue is important, especially pertaining to Cardano, because if you do put aside price, even for a moment, it does allow you to focus on the bigger picture, which is the vision. Um, and the vision and the success of that vision, I mean, is foundational to price, right? So price is kind of that cherry on top. If, if the value of the Cardano is increasing, it's because the vision is succeeding. So I think it's good to kind of separate the two, kind of talk about them separately, but understand how they do kind of converge at, at some, some point. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they separate often at times when we have, you know, great technical releases from Cardano and the price will go down or you'll hear great news. Oh, Gogan's coming next month or this big advancement, whatever it may be. Uh, and then the price will go down, you know, so obviously there's a disconnect between, you know, narrative and TA. Um, what, what is the percentage effect? Do you think that, you know, TA has or narrative or, you know, is there a time where uh, they break, you know? You mean, if something big is happening for Cardano, price will reflect in that? Like, how often does that happen? Is that what you're asking? Sorry for not explaining that well. I mean, like, what percentage do you usually count on TA versus a narrative? Because sometimes great things can happen, sometimes bad things can happen, and it has no effect on price. So what, mm -hmm. you know, what percentage does TA hold value, you know, relative to the narrative? And how does that change at times? Because I really don't understand. Yeah, you know what? I, it's a flip of the coin. It's, it's truly amazing to me to see, you know, sometimes you'll see big news will really reflect immediately on the charts, right? Um, or just a, a big technical event will reflect on the charts. And then sometimes you just see nothing happen. And if, if you look back historically, I think it is just like a flip of the coin. It's 50-50. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't reflect on the charts. And that's kind of when, when I'm doing technical analysis and like we're leading into events, you know, obviously uh, Alonzo Hardfork coming up. I try and be very careful with, with saying, hey, everybody, it's happening. This, you know, smart contracts are coming. Be ready because price is going to go up. Like it's not a definite thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. the correlation between those things, I won't even pretend to know. Um, and that's why, again, I like I like doing technical analysis is because it does allow us to um, anticipate the effects that it could have. Uh, but at the same time, we just don't expect it. You know, I always say expect nothing, anticipate everything. Um, historically, you know, especially in the recent year for Cardano, and this is something I've been tracking on the channel, historically leading into um, a big event like this, the first, the the two months leading into it have been really good for price. And that's why it's going to be kind of like this uh, real life demonstration to kind of answer your question. You know, how often does it correlate to price? Because going into the Shelly, um, Shelly, we saw, you know, ridiculous gains. And then going into Mary, we saw ridiculous gains. 60 days prior each time. And now we're just about, we're, I mean, probably what would you say we're approaching 60 days prior to Alonzo and it's just like is it going to happen again and that's going to give us some more data to really see what happens yeah 
Yeah. Um, so earlier you mentioned uh, you don't think the bull market is over for cryptocurrency as a whole. Would you be interested in you know, showing us with TA why you believe that? Yeah, sure. Let me uh, let me pull up my screen. How are we looking? Looks great. Cool. So, and by the way, here's here's the Cardano chart, and this is exactly what I've been, what I was just saying, um, which is this green rectangle. Um, and now it's more precise. I mean, over over months, I've been kind of just charting a big square, right? So, you know, here's Mary Hard Fork in March, and just see this run up, right? And this run up going into Shelley. And now we have smart contracts somewhere in here, right? September area. And it's kind of like, is this going to repeat again? So that's kind of what I'm, I'm watching. And what's so interesting to answer your other question is at the same time, we're kind of trying to explore what's going to happen here. We have Bitcoin and Bitcoin is really foundational to any, you know, Cardano or any other altcoin TA that I look at for me. Um, just because for Bitcoin, it's just this zoomed out, story being told um i charted this back in uh the bottom of the bear market in 2018 back here and uh so here's the bottom of the bear market charted this and it's really played out very nicely i mean it's not perfect but we had this uptrend that we were recently in um and a retrace to and i know this is especially if you don't do a lot of ta or watch a lot of ta this is probably like what in the world is all of this but it's all based around bitcoin halvings it's all based around the supply demand factor of Bitcoin and where Bitcoin is in this in this cycle. Um, so is that something and, you look at a lot as supply? Yes, you know, and, and the, the diminishing supply of Bitcoin um, through the halving. So this white line right here is the 2021 halving. Hmm. Um, this white line is the 2016 halving. And uh, you notice if you look at this halving, um, July 2016 area, Right around, you know, 364 days into the bull market, which the bull market started right around here after the halving, you know, Bitcoin retraced to a very important area, uh, which is a 1618 line of a Fibonacci uh, retracement. And that's a macro line of support for Bitcoin. Retraced right in the middle, and then we continued into the rest of the bull market. Um, now, same thing. Bitcoin entered a Fibonacci bull market. Uh, the bull market doors, which is this green rectangle I always talk about, and entered it. And 364 days into it, post-2020 having this time, Bitcoin retraced to the same exact 1618 line. So technically, if you're just looking at charts, and there's so much, there's so much more charting data, but technically, if you're looking at this, this would be essentially, based on historical context of Bitcoin in the charts, this would be... Uh, Bitcoin in the middle of this bull market, and um, even from a time frame perspective, there's there should be a, there should be more upside before Bitcoin really retraces to the downside. And the whole thing, and I want to bring this up because you know I think it's important. This Fibonacci, right? And I want to explain Fibonacci real quick. You know, it's like a it was founded by a mathematician by the name of Fibonacci, uh, 13th century, I believe it was, and you know, it's it's really just a sequence that helps identify symmetry and in relation to technical analysis, it just helps identify support and resistance areas. And so if we take a Fibonacci sequence, right, we're taking a retracement 
from the bull market high, this is a macro Fibonacci, to the bear market low, this is where we start seeing, you know, the sequence play out, right? So this is a big resistance area, this green rectangle. It's considered resistance. Breaking this 786 to the 618 in my book, and, and we talked about it leading into it, would be the confirmation of the bull market. And that's why I call it the bull market doors. We had the same move back in 2016, bull market really beginning. Um, and so it began here in November. We came back down to a 1618, which is a support area. And Bitcoin did the same thing in the middle of the last bull market. Now, all on these charts, and we kind of opened with this, talking about this, this is what it, this is what human behavior and emotion looks like. And I use Fibonacci so often on the macro chart, which you see, but I use it all the time on, you know, the zoomed in micro charts as well, because you see the, I mean, Bitcoin's volatile, right? Like we can agree on that and it's all over the place. But when you zoom out on this chart, it's almost just looks like an art piece. And when you're looking at Fibonacci and the history of Fibonacci, actually, I mean, you see the Fibonacci sequence all through creation, through music, through art, through architecture. You truly see these numbers, these exact numbers, 786, the six to this, you know, 618, the 1618. You see these numbers throughout all of these different pieces of life. It's not just charts. Hmm. And what it is to me, it really is structure and it's human behavior just playing out before our eyes. You know what I mean? Um, it's why it becomes on the macro a little bit easier to identify these oversold areas at the bottom of bear markets, right? When, you know, fear is at the max. And it also becomes easier to identify the overbought areas where greed is at the max using Fibonacci um, because it really is just it's humans and it's emotion behind all of these charts. So that that was probably a really long answer on why I think we're in the middle of the bull market. But I just thought it would probably be helpful to. No, I, I honestly think that was perfect. And I like the long-term perspective that you gave relative to the last bear market. And you pointed out the piece of the last bear market. Um, you know, How long did we sit there and consolidate for? You know, Was it a shorter in, time period? Uh, in 20, I think it was 2016 or 2017. You said there was a consolidation period that you compared to the, the period that we're in now. Exactly. So this is the one thing that's different this time around. And when we consolidated from this swing high, right? I think this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, this one back here in the middle of the last bull market, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Got a big, got a big dip, um, just over a month before continuing. Now, the difference here is Bitcoin when it made its final drop most recently. Right now, we're sitting at 77 days, right? So over two months now. And that's something different, Bitcoin diverging a little bit from itself. Um, but you also have to remember, if you go back all the way to uh, 2013, from this swing high to this big retracement, we had 91 days, right? So it's, it's, it gets easier as we have these different data points, because here we have a 42-day kind of consolidation to a very important area in 2017 before the next run-up. And here in 2013, we have a 91 day uh, before the next move up to the 2013 high. And now here we are, we're kind of at the average, like kind of at the average of the two. Right now we're at 77 days. And this is exactly why I don't discount uh, at all that Bitcoin is in the middle of this bull market. Um, you know, we can't just sit, sit here and say, hey, 42 days, 
was the last, the middle of the last bull market retracement. This one can only be 42 days. You know, we, we can definitely give it some cushion, I think. And um, especially with, I think, the amount of manipulation that goes on, I, th- I really think the price is in so many ways trying to be held down for accumulation. And it's not really speculation. I mean, on-chain metrics for Bitcoin truly show that there's a lot of accumulation happening right now. Um, and I think in a lot of people's minds, the 30,000s, even the 20,000s is extremely cheap Bitcoin for them. So that's kind of why, you know, again, lends itself to the case that we're in the middle of the bull market. Okay. Um, do you think that there needs to be like a, a technological, you know, innovation, you know, for each bull market, you know, cause I noticed with 2020, it felt like, you know, the tech was starting to be there. You know, we had Cardano with proof of stake, which kind of shined ahead of all of them. Uh, in 2017, we had, you know, NFTs coming out and a lot of te- technological innovation with ETH. You know, do you think that we need that with, you know, the next rise to pull us? Or do you think we already had that innovation with this bull market? So we're not really waiting on the next technological innovation to pull us back up. That's a good, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think a technical innovation is what's needed to pull price up. Um, I think in general, there's there's a supply shock happening for you know Bitcoin right now, um, but also for Cardano. And I don't think it's necessarily technical uh, technical innovation that needs to happen. Um, what's funny is I f- I forget the exact conversation I was having yesterday, um, but somebody was saying. We need Amazon. It might have even been on Twitter. Like we need an Amazon event to bring, you know, to bring crypto to that next level of this bull market, to bring the prices up. And again, this kind of stems back to your question you had in terms of things happening within, I think, the Cardano ecosystem you were asking. But how does that reflect on charts and what's the correlation? How often? I don't think it matters. I, I think they're really... There's some really big events that could happen. There's smaller events. There's huge technical innovations that could happen. But whether they happen or not, I think the flow and the growth of these charts that you see on the screen will continue. Um, Cardano right now, for instance, you're looking at the screen $1.24 as, as we do this video. No matter you know, what technical innovations happen in the next couple of years or not, I see this as incredibly undervalued. And uh, I think it's going to go up in price. And what's cool about that, and I think what I'm grateful for, is Cardano ecosystem and the technical innovation that's getting ready to happen is just like a very exciting to me, uh, you know, in, in many different regards. Yeah, I agree completely. And, and also, um, I've been diving into a little bit of what's going on in ETH right now. And I honestly am so thrilled for this to come to Cardano and it's with um, Axie Infinity. It's, it's the games, you know, I actually, you know, most of my life played video games, you know, that's, that's what I did. Um, unfortunately, I wish I would have picked up more skills along the way, but you know, I really do see gaming as a huge use case, you know, for both adoption um, of, of cryptocurrency because people that game are, are already technology, you know, savvy, you know, and I just really do see that as a huge use case. And, you know, without Gogan launching, I see that as kind of the big use case that if we needed something to fuel the rest of this bear market, that gaming, you know, would be what did it, you know? Yeah. 
So you kind of are under the impression that, sorry, my camera just turned off for a second there. Oh, no worries. Uh, the gaming could be a potential technical innovation is what you're kind of saying that could yeah. really take us to the next level. And we're seeing that right now. Um, I watch Ivan on tech. He's kind of my ETH guy that keeps me up to date on everything that's going to be coming to Cardano in six to six months to a year. Um, and it's just the NFTs relative to gaming is blowing up over there. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. You know, I actually saw there, with Axie Infinity, there are people, you know, making $30 a day from essentially grinding and selling what they make to other people in first world countries, you know, and they're making their living from these. And I really do see this as a huge use case for Cardano, you know, once Gogan's here, because the fees are so much lower, you know. That's a great point. Um, and I think, you know, I think I don't have even a worry that those things are going to happen, right? Those innovations are going to happen. I just have such a confidence in the community and the builders that are going to leverage this technology and leverage Cardano blockchain to put these things together. Um, not something I can do. I just, there's so many bright people out there. I see on Twitter, on YouTube, you know, you and what you're doing with, with everything. Um, I just have uh, just a 100% complete confidence that there's just going to be some sick stuff being built. And, you know, that's partly what gets me excited about, yeah. about Cardano. Yeah, me too. There, there are so many great builders, you know, building for Cardano and, and really in the cryptocurrency space as a whole. You know, I think the cryptocurrency space right now is, you know, the biggest technological revolution, you know, that we're seeing right now in our lifetime. And um, it's pretty awesome to be a part of it and even just watch it, you know, from our YouTube channel or from our Twitter account. Yeah, I 100% agree. So I want to jump really over to Cardano and talk about, you know, what's your Cardano story? What first got you interested? My buddy, my buddy, Ed. Um, shout out to Ed. I'm sure he'll watch this. You know, I so I actually got him into crypto years ago um, after just telling him about it nonstop. We'd always hang out lunch. Finally, you know, I let him pay for lunch or some of the lunch in crypto. And then from that payment to his, I think as a Coinbase wallet, he was just hooked. And uh, he he got very much into it on a level where he's actually really looking into it, you know, like different projects, all this good stuff. And he got heavily, I, I guess he just went down the Cardano rabbit, rabbit hole, you know, and I wasn't there. Um, I was just doing my thing, a lot of Bitcoin. I mean, mainly, mostly Bitcoin technical analysis at this point. And, you know, just accumulating and which was my, my main goal in the bear market. And he just started talking about Cardano um, and just everything getting ready to happen in the ecosystem with staking and all this good stuff. And every time we meet up, he just kept talking about it. And I started looking into it, you know, and I always liked Cardano from a TA perspective. I always just look at char the Cardano charts. I'm like, man. ADA is so undervalued, um, especially like, you know, at the bottom of the bear market. It's just so undervalued. But I never really like took much notice of what was happening. And then, you know, I started looking into it uh, as he's talking to me about it. And what, I just what time I got of hooked. year was this and what year was it? You know, was it last this, year? Or? Yep. It was probably um, it was 2020. Uh, probably it was leading into Shelley. Uh, before that happens and you know we were talking about you know doing a, a stake pool 
on the test net and things like that. And, you know, just having fun with it, learning about everything that was, that was about, that's about when I got in. And if you go back around a year to my YouTube channel, um, maybe a little bit more than a year, uh, actually maybe last July, uh, you'll see, I just started covering Cardano a lot and that's kind of where the, that's where the pivot happened for me. And how long were you actually doing TA for, you know, other currencies before that? When did you start? Um, 2018, like right at the beginning of 2018 in January, the beginning of the bear market. Um, I started, it it was, but I, I actually did a, I did like this ridiculous video. I was just, it was a sarcastic, like one minute video. I was just messing around and I uploaded it to YouTube and it like got views. And I was like, what is going on? I think cause people were really hyped about crypto. I was like, I, I can post a video and get views. That's crazy. So I did, I just started doing some TA stuff on Bitcoin and, um, it's just, I don't know when you start, you, you probably know this when you start doing something, you, if it becomes like a daily thing, you just, just keep doing it. You sometimes I, and at the beginning, I don't even know what, like what I was really doing. I was just like, Oh, I got to do my video today. You know what I mean? I didn't have like a vision for doing videos every day and starting a, a YouTube channel for crypto, but yeah, I was the um, same way. I didn't really have this, you know, grandiose vision. And um, even now with what I'm doing now, that's why it's changing so much and it's morphing. And I'm having to think, you know, what will this be in a year from now or five years from now that now that I know I'm going to be doing it now that I know I really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. And and I guess the, the, the thing is, the thing that drew me to Cardano is just like, I'm I'm very entrepreneurial at heart. And a big piece of my background is failing. Like I have, you know, I... 2008, for instance, I got heavily into real estate, right? I bought, I bought the top. I was just buying houses, property, bought the top, got wrecked in 2008, um, had some successes in the stock market, got wrecked, had multiple different companies. You know, one in particular almost took off. It just failed, you know? So like my background is very much founded on failures. And, you know, as I started finally seeing success, you know, it's all good in the business world and as an entrepreneur for, for my company. But in the crypto space, when I came across Cardano, that entrepreneur in me, that just is like, man, there's just an open canvas with this blockchain to build, you know? And for me, obviously, you know, I stake pools is one of those things, right? That's, that's turned into kind of a little mini business for me. Um, and I've had help in, in doing that in terms of the team that's helping me, you know, I, I have a team of, you know, I have a team behind me doing that. I'm not a technical dude. Like I can't put together a stake pool. Um, so, but it goes beyond that for me, you know, in the sense of, I want to be in Cardano ecosystem. I want to support the builders in the ecosystem. I want to learn from, you know, everybody within the Cardano ecosystem because, Besides stake pools, I want to build more. And right now, I don't know what that would look like. I that just was one love of my the questions op- I love today. That's the thing. I, I I don't know. Like I just know that I love that the opportunity is there, and I am extremely confident that I will. I'm going to build something on Cardano. Do you know what I'm saying? I just don't yeah. know what it is right now. Yeah, that's where about three months ago I felt the same way. You know, um, the stake pool is what I always wanted to do. And it's been done. And obviously there's more to, you know, grow out and add more value there. But, you know, what what's next? What more can I do for Cardano? And um, 
I think I've got it figured out and we're going to release it in a white paper next month. But I know exactly from the place that you're coming from there. And um, you know, that leads me into, you keep talking about builders. Uh, what projects are you most excited for that are building on top of Cardano? I mean, everything you see, and there's so many. And some some you could, you know, many would argue, man, that's like a rug pool getting ready to happen. I'm excited about those. Because like, which ones of those are going to be proven victorious? You know what I mean? Like, Sunday swap, I think a Sunday swap. And I'm just like, dude, such a killer, such a killer marketing they have right mm-hmm. off the get go. And I like that. Um, but then I, I also like the fact that, you know, I think they had a meeting with Charles at one point when they were doing their, their ISO. And it just seems I saw a very big shift in their approach. Yeah. And that to me tells me that they are they're actually doing something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're taking this seriously. Did you see um, Um, them taking in Dwayne? Dwayne Cameron is one of their advisors from liquid. They actually had him. Did they really? Yeah. That was today. I'm like, man, they're, they're coming out swinging because they, it seems like they came out with, like you said, great marketing, better marketing than I've ever seen anyone do on Cardano, you know, other than now meld melds doing well with the marketing now. But they just came out swinging when it came to marketing. I've just I've never seen so many users commenting, so many people interested in something. Um, and then what came second, you know, was the technical aspect. Um, and then you know the strategic partnerships, and you know they're coming out swinging with that as well. And I'm I'm very impressed thus far. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Right off the get go, I saw Sunday Swap. I don't even know. I just got excited. I don't even really like. I didn't even understand. I just I just liked their their approach to the marketing piece. And then I was like, all right, sit back for a second, really think about this because I did a video on them when it when it happened. Um, and I'm just kind of like, what projects? You know, Sunday Swap, Meld, um, and others. What projects going to just be that big one? Right. Um, when we're talking about decentralized exchanges and stuff like what what's going to be the uniswap of cardano and questions like that are what intrigues me but yeah i mean i'm excited about every project you see world mobile token is like kind of a recent up-and-comer that i've just been seeing a lot on um uh twitter and youtube a lot of people becoming excited about that project uh and just so many of those i mean we could talk all all day nervos um Kind of curious. What about you? I'm curious about some projects. You're, are there any particular ones that you're like excited about? Yeah, I've always been since I had been Gort Salon and watching his podcast with Joe Rogan and then Lex Friedman and then having him on myself. You know, he just he really does seem like a visionary. You know, my stress with his projects is maybe he's too far ahead of his time, but I'm excited about AGIX. You know, moving to Cardano from Ethereum. I'm also excited with about all the projects that are under AGIX. You know, SDAO is one of them. Uh, they're essentially doing DeFi, but with AI, using the AI from the Singularity Net Network. Pretty excited about that. Um, I'm also very inspired by everything that World Mobile puts out. Um, I'm just excited to see their network launch and you know their token sale be done and for people to actually have their tokens in their wallet. I'm excited for more content creators to start you know telling me more about World Mobile that I don't know as well. Um, I've actually been working on myself uh, a new series that I've been working on to where I just really do a deep dive on these projects where um, probably a 10 to 30 minute video, depending on really the scope of the project, but really just digging in there, what people need to know, how to hold it, how to maybe participate in like an earth node. Cause you know, world mobile is going to have essentially staking because they have to have a way to decentralize 
who's processing, you know, the transactions for the telecom communications and, you know, just giving that people that information relative to all these projects that are coming on Cardano. So you're going to start seeing a lot of the projects I like here soon, but off the top of my head, um, Ergo as well, because Ergo uses uh, extended UTXO, um, I think there are benefits with relative to proof of work that proof of stake can't offer. And when you have a future where both, you know, Ergo and Cardano, you know, are compatible with each other, then, you know, who do you think Cardano is going to use for the proof of work necessities? It's, it's going to be Ergo. It's already extended UTXO. You know, they've got a great community. Um, so whatever, AGIX, SDAO, Ergo, World Mobile. Ergo, I mean, they seem like they're still a little under the radar, don't they? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't seem like I see a lot of, a lot, a lot talked about when it comes to Ergo. Right? Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, there's just there's not much talked about them. And as Cardano becomes, you know, the third best cryptocurrency out there, you know, I think Ergo is going to slowly kind of make its way up there as, you know, the extended UTXO proof of work blockchain. The, fir- the first best crypto out hmm. there. Yeah. Maybe third, maybe third in market cap. Yeah, third in market <laughs> cap. But, you know, I... I have no quarrels with seeing ADA at number three right now. It just feels like it just feels great, you know, because Bitcoin, yeah. I am I love Bitcoin. You know, I, I love what ETH has done uh, and I love what Cardano is going to do. And obviously I do think that, you know, slowly but surely Cardano will go to the top and, and take over ETH. And that actually is, you know, one of my questions. Let's say, you know, Gogan goes incredibly. How long do you think it will take for the flippening of ETH? Oh, man, I ask myself this all the time. I ask myself the velocity in which we'll see projects come to Cardano and I I don't know. Like I, I try not to get my hopes up. I, I feel like it could be so quick. I think it should be so quick. Um but you know, the the flipping of Cardano ETH, I mean, it, it doesn't it's not gonna take that much either. I, I think it could happen um I don't think it's something that would happen within like a couple months at all. I don't think that. Yeah. Um, but I think it could happen, you know, I think it could realistically happen in one to two years, probably closer to two years. Um, it's just a big, it's a big shift because it's for so long been Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know what I mean? They're just the two top dogs so for Cardano, that's to why come I mentioned in, it's so I nice think, to see a third competitor there, you know, right? Yeah, and it really is. But it's like it's crazy how many, even still, like so many people discounting Cardano, talking trash. I go on Twitter, and it's just like every day there's a new, you know, someone out there that's just ripping apart Cardano in a tweet or something. And I'm just like, number one, I don't understand like why people take their time to be so negative about another cryptocurrency. But number two, it's just like, why, why, you know, why do you do that? Why, why don't you see what's technically actually happening? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I I understand completely. Um, It's, you can't really go against the crowd, you know? Yeah. I really do think that's what it is. And and one thing I do like about Cardano is that I can openly get on here and say that I do like Bitcoin and I do like Ethereum and that we are blockchain agnostic and that the goal of Cardano yeah. is to be the internet of blockchains, you know. Um, that's yep. one difference I do see between Bitcoin, ETH, and Cardano is, you know, the community 
and how we're not, you know, so fixed on that blockchain. And, and I, I really do. Maybe it's them trying to save their ass, you know, or it's either they're just, they just want to be a part of the crowd. But, you know, anybody that comes to me and shows me, you know, another proof of stake blockchain that's doing great things, that is solving something technologically or, you know, doing research, I'm always like excited. You know, what, what, what are they doing? Yeah. What, how can this benefit, you know, what we're already doing? And um, another good segue, what other proof of stake cryptocurrencies are you, you interested in? Um, really not many. Uh, for a second, I was looking at Avalanche a little bit, kind of curious what they're doing. Um, but I mean, until, until around, you know, when I got into Cardano, I, I wasn't even really too keen or intrigued by, you know, the staking aspect of crypto. I wasn't, you know, I'm not a very, I'm not a very like technical person, you know? I'm very much, I got into crypto as an investment. I've tracked price and I never, I never want to come off. I'm learning so much, especially as I start covering projects, but I never want to come off as just this crazy technical, you know, engineer type. Um, we recruit engineers all day, every day at our recruiting firm, but me, myself, I just don't have that mind. Um, so diving into Cardano staking mechanism has been like a huge learning curve for me and i don't think i've i just haven't had the time even to look into other projects and what they're doing um i was exploring avalanche as i met as i mentioned trying to see what ethereum's doing just to understand better you know mainly the the problems they're having um and the downsides to it but you know not not too many others yeah so in my little ergo mining endeavor, I recently just built an ergo mining rig, uh, and it really taught me how proof of stake really is the next step for cryptocurrency. You know, saying that, you know, proof of stake is a third generation. It's not just marketing. It's, it's true. You know, with mining, you're, you're essentially, you have miners, you know, processing, you know, solving complex problems to show something that's value deterministic, saying, hey, I have a bunch of value here. And it's hard for someone else to get a hold of this value. So I'm going to process that relative amount of transactions. But you're wasting so much electricity with that because you're using the GPUs, right? Whereas proof of stake, you know, what can we use that is value deterministic? It's the token itself. It's the ADA. And that's the difference. So instead of wasting, wasting all of the you know, electricity and all the hardware and all the GPUs that aren't, aren't actually doing anything. They're not, you know, processing, um, you know, ways to find a vaccine for, I shouldn't say it on this before I get taken down, but, you know, shouldn't have even said that word, you know, but did you see Let's the restart? Yeah. Let's just restart. Go from the top, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're not actually solving anything. They're not running servers for companies. They're just using, wasting electricity to show something that's yeah. value deterministic. And um, I've learned a lot from my ergo mining endeavor from that. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, that's why I think staking is such has such an advantage yeah. over, the, over, you know, proof of work. But, uh, you know, I think it's slowly, I think it's slowly being proven. And I think it's also why you have people that are kind of like, especially Bitcoin maximalists and that hate Cardano. It's just because, listen, like their foundation is rooted in years and years of 
you know, Bitcoin and how, how the protocol works, how could they ever, you know, how could they ever just backtrack and be like, ah, no, there's a better, there's a better thing going on over here. Like, yeah. I think a lot Which of it's pride. So crazy considering yeah. that they found Bitcoin so early and saw, you know, the technology that was there and saw, oh, this yes. is awesome. So how can they not think that something else can come out that can be better? That can be more efficient. That's my thing. It's like, where is that That's disconnect? The, yeah. They had such good foresight, right? Before, why do they not have that same foresight now? That's the question I always ask myself. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about the risks with Cardano. What big risk do you see to Cardano, both in the short term um, and maybe in the you know medium to long term as well? Um. The biggest risk is the same with Bitcoin, which is it could just completely flop. It could fail. There could be some crazy event globally, regu regulatory, whatever. And it's just, you know, somebody you can lose 90 percent plus of your investment. Like that's always just up in the air every day when you wake up in the morning. If you're invested in crypto, you should accept that and then decide make your decisions based on that. Um, Cardano specifically, you know. What happens if smart contracts get delayed? What happens if something goes wrong and you know that doesn't get delivered? That's a risk. But even so, and this kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about before. Will that I mean, will that cause Cardano to fail? No. Will it cause Cardano price to just tank? It maybe, maybe it actually doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. the thing. Like so I don't think specifically for Card Cardano especially with how decentralized it is at this stage, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, risk in terms of the project itself. I think any risk stems more from the all around risk of cryptocurrency, which there's a lot of there's a lot of risk if you're invested in cryptos. There's definitely sure. no guarantees. Like that's that's risk. why there's exactly so yeah. macroeconomic risk. But that's why there's so much upside as well, because there's that risk. Yeah, for sure. Um, the only risk that I would really identify, you know, that you didn't mention is um, the fact that Cardano still is inherently centralized with Project Catalyst. So when you look at it, you can kind of combine that with the regulatory risk too, you know, because if Cardano is still, you know, centralized, you know, then the risk really is the head, you know, the person mm -hmm. that is pushing through the project catalyst proposals, the person that's working on the code, you know, I think that's, you know, in my opinion, the largest risk for Cardano and then everything else that you said as well. That's a great point. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of something, you know, that's something Bitcoin doesn't have, right? Yeah. That risk. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the technology too, you know, like you said, really, cause there's never been a, you know, proof of stake blockchain, you know, at this scale with smart contracts, you know, so there's going to be a lot to figure out, you know, for example, the, you'll eventually have the ability to delegate the ADA that's in a smart contract to a stake pool. You know, what issues could that have with centralization or, you know, there, there's a lot of things that because this is so new and so revolutionary, um, how will this go, you know? Yeah. So what, what would be the risk you think? What could that, what, what cause, what negative cause could that have? So 
with a smart contract, you know, if you get on DeFi on Ethereum right now, you know, you see 150% APY, you know, 100% APY. Um, you compare that to staking as, as at its core right now at 5%. You know, people that are in crypto are very risk, risk tolerant. You know, they're willing to lose all of their money if they can get a 10x or make 150% APY. So really the risk that I see there is centralization through high APY. You know, because you can, you know, give your ADA to the smart contract, it's paying you 150, whereas, you know, Bloom over here or CCV is only going to pay you 5%. You know, that's, that's the risk that I see with that. And, you know, it's just such a complicated blockchain at the native layer. You know, we're going to have both governance, smart contracts and staking and sending and receiving tokens and native tokens, you know, so there's, there's a lot there. And then you're throwing smart contracts in there, you know, on top of that, and then eventually governance, you know, so it's, it's so, so complicated. And that's why, I mean, a lot of us got interested in Cardano because of Haskell, because it's a formally verified language and because of the rigor derived from these papers. So something can be done so complicated and, you know, have a high chance of success because of the high assurance. Yeah, that's a great point. The complications are going to be very interesting as we see that all worked out, right? Yeah. But partly kind of exciting. (laughs) It is very exciting because, I mean, this is making history. Because if there is a mistake, the mistake can be solved and we can move from there. You know, that's kind of the point of governance. And IOG is already looking at this right now with um, Ouroboros Omega. You know, how do we design a self-healing blockchain? Because to design a blockchain stating that there will never be a fault uh, seems pretty naive, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so true. I mean, and... And I think some people expect that, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Perfection. Yeah, and, and most people don't, you know, I'm not too knowledgeable about it, so I don't want to go into it, but I've heard an issue in the past with Bitcoin in 2010 where there's kind of a, a double spend, but kind of not, and then obviously the Dow incident where ETH personally, you know, they removed the person who stole the money and then decided to give that back to the fund. And, you know, I, I never really liked that because that kind of seems against the code, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that exactly. I'm not sure, but there's always a possibility of some sort of, you know, event that would happen like that yeah. on Cardano. But, you know, in my opinion, it would just be a short term event that we would learn from and grow from, you know, not a yep. Cardano's dead, you know, because the community yeah. is still here. And people are still building. Yeah. And it'll lend itself to the entire crypto community, you know that that knowledge that experience for sure for sure but to close out for the day you know we don't normally do this on my channel the only time i ever did this was when ada hit a dollar um so i wanted to ask you you know you said that you don't do this on your channel as well you know what is your price prediction for ada uh, for this year and then i'll hit you with one more at the end of next year as well so the thing so i i think a lot of it comes from a lot of this answer comes from whether or not we are in the bull market, right? So I've, I've said, I think we're still in this bull market. I think it's going to continue. And if that's the case, my price prediction would be probably the $8 range, $10 range for Cardano um, for the remainder of this bull market. Um, and that would kind of be like a, a parabolic swing high top type of deal. Um, I think five to eight dollars would be extremely realistic if we're still in the middle of this bull market. 
so that would that would be my my price prediction but i think the bigger prediction is like whether or not we're still in this bull market or not you know yeah um and at the same time like even those even those price predictions could surpass you know what i just said which is or cardano could surpass those predictions because i i can't i always think about i talk about a lot ethereum hit a 500 billion dollar market cap right and um for cardano to do something similar that would be a 15 dollar cardano so i just look at the potential and opportunity for cardano up to 500 billion dollar market cap in the you know shorter term i'm not talking like five to ten years or anything like we're talking one to three years is just 100 percent up for grabs so i think yeah. in the next two to three years 15 dollar cardano um is so realistic i don't know if you want to call that a price prediction or not but uh you know it's just and it, it kind of goes back to the question you asked about cardano flipping uh ethereum and that's going to be a world in which Cardano's likely sitting at fifteen dollars, uh, in my opinion. So I agree. So as, I agree let, as well. Let's say conservatively five to eight dollars for this year, and then saying next year is a little tough because I think next year could be kind of a bear market environment. Um, but we can say the year after, heading towards that fifteen dollar range. So in, there you go. And I, and I really do think that, you know, if Gogan goes as well as we'd hope and ETH doesn't have this niche use case that Cardano can't have, then the flipping is inevitable. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, because I, I told you, what did I say? Like, it could happen in the next couple of years. What what do you think in terms of when that could happen? You know, you, you talked about Cardano as this open canvas, you know, for entrepreneurs. And I see it the same way. I feel like people get too hung up on this idea of big projects porting here. You know, it's the, the island, the ocean, and the pond ideology. You know, I think because Cardano offers Plutus that these DeFi protocols can actually be written in a secure way, right? And we're not going to see all of these projects just migrating over here. I think we're going to have a few of those projects that do bring users, but we're going to have, you know, projects that are backed by Plutus and maybe even backed by IOG research or research from other companies, research from Emergo, um, that will be better and have more users uh, than the DeFi projects on Cardano. And as far as a timeline for that, um, it, it really depends on how, you know, full Gogan is at the start. You know, if we look back at Shelly, there's a couple features missing from Shelly that we would have liked, multi-delegation wallets, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, if Gogan has all of the features that it needs to actually compete with ETH right out the gate, um, then I, I really do think, you know, a one to year, a one to two year timeline. You said at the end of two years, I would actually lean more towards the one year mark because if you're looking at it from a, an entrepreneurial standpoint or a business standpoint, you know, you're just going to be looking at, you know, the cost, the security, the user experience, and all of these new people that are coming to this space, these VCs, these institutions, they're going to be looking at it from that perspective and not the small minded network effect perspective that we have in this space today. You know, so yeah. I would say probably one year, you know, closer to the one year mark or two relative to the market, you know, and also relative to, you know, Gogan's launch. 
love it that's what i'm talking about you gave me new perspective too i am always kind of thinking about oh man all these projects moving from ethereum but you're 100 right like all the new projects that are just boom being built on cardano right from the get-go right it's not it's not just about and build better exactly it's such a good point i'm glad you said that we'll end it there i had a great time is there anything that you'd like to say before we head off to the head off for the day not really, other than uh, big shout out to you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate all your content. You're just full of knowledge and um, keep doing what you're doing. Everybody watching, just build. You know, even if you don't know what you want to build just yet, start thinking. I know there's so many just driven people out there probably watching this right now and take risks, build. Cardano is an awesome ecosystem to start doing that in. And uh, I just appreciate you. I appreciate everybody out there. God bless you guys. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, what What are your stake pools? We can't forget that before we head out of here for today. CCV, uh, CCV1, 2, and CCV3. Those are the stake pools. Um, you know, and we're, we're growing them, obviously. So I appreciate you letting us do the shout out. And uh, more more to come as we build and grow. You know how it is. Well, hell yeah, man. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast today. This is the Cardano Aura. We try to upload these one a week. Seems like we're moving up to two with all the new projects in the space button. If you guys are interested in more, all you have to do is click that like button, click the notification bell and all, and subscribe if you haven't already. But if you did make it to the end of the podcast, please comment Crypto Capital Venture down below so I know you made it to the end and Dan will know you made it to the end as well. And again, thank you so much for tuning in.